now, so clock and everything else. All right. Uh, what we've been doing here, and, and can I have my thing at this point? Thanks. Okay. What we've been doing here is we've been doing this series, Is Your Life Interesting? And, and I really want to make something clear here. When we say that, we're not talking about some sort of facile, superficial, you know, my life is happy and fun and happily ever after, right? What we're talking about is something much more substantive, and we're talking about it for an incredibly important reason, and it is this. I am fully convinced, and I think that I can show you a number of different ways where I'm actually right on this. I am fully convinced that God has a life for every single person here, which is a far above what you can think or imagine. I can look in scripture and see his promises about it. I can look in history and I can see the abundant number of people that have gone and made the kind of decisions that it takes in order to get there. But I'm also convinced that it's somewhere around 99 out of 100, if not 999 out of 1,000, if not worse that ever actually enter into the fullness of it. And I never say that in a condemning way because I really believe that this is so far beyond even what we think or imagine that it's not like we're making a choice to not go there. I think it's more that we just really don't even know that it exists because nobody's really telling us this. Nobody's really going after this. Nobody's really casting vision for what it is that God wants to do. So I never feel any condemnation, and I don't want you to ever feel any condemnation. What I want you to do is, I want you to just open up the possibility that God has something that is the fullness of everything you'd ever hoped for, everything you'd ever dreamed. That it is this incredible fulfillment and satisfaction, that it is not easy, that it is not without challenge, but that it is the most rewarding incredible thing that you will ever experience. In order to get there, on the first week, and now take out your half sheet if you would, and on the first week what we did, and then when I say half sheet, I mean this, and what we've been doing the last two weeks is I preached about a pest, not a pest, but apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd and pastor, and then teacher. And if you will look on the back side of your bulletin, you will see a better definition of what that means if you've not heard the sermon or what we've been doing. If you don't, still don't quite get it, it's, we're leaving it in there so that people can look at those definitions because they're different than what you think. And what we've asked people to do is, is to identify what they think they're most and what they think they're second most and then draw some lines to various places in order to connect with. And then what will happen is some of the calls have already started, but we're waiting to get all of them all of the signups in, or not signups, but all of these back. And then what we're going to do is somebody will call you and we'll just talk you through. This is what you were thinking. These are the things that you noted. What are you thinking about this? Where do you want to start? And understand something. The place that you start is not necessarily going to be the place that you end. That's never how it is, right? You're going to try something and then God will do something and it'll lead to this and it'll lead to this. And the point is, it's the journey and God will get you to the place. God will get you to where he wants you in that season, in that time. Because the key is, we are never going to get everything that God has for us if we do not. Oh, by the way, do that if you haven't done that yet and put it in the offering at the end. But we are never going to get to where God wants us. We're never going to get, not wants us. Let me say that differently because there's a, we're never going to get to where God has for us. If we don't join him in what he's doing. And the cool thing about Apest is it's not just joining him in what he's doing. We're also going after joining him in the way that he's made you to join him. 
because there is this really cool thing that we're discovering about how you would think, well, kids' ministry, that only really needs teachers and, and uh, pastors, right? They just need to take care of people. No, that program needs an apostolic building. That program needs an evangelistic gathering. That program needs a prophetic word from the Lord about the new things, about the different things, about the particular things that God wants to do in this season. It is my contention and my belief that every team, every organization, and every business, if it wants to be viable over the long haul, has to have all five of those things in there and valuing them and using the skill set. So everything has this. So this is what these calls are going to be, is to talk you through how to do this, talk you through where to get involved. And, and, and it may be the same place you already are with a new emphasis. It may just be the same place. It may be something different. So this is a really fun season in this church's life. The second week what I did was, as I said, I'm not just making this up and whistling Dixie. We actually had a couple of businessmen, one of whom is still here today, Dave Cole, the other one is skiing, so good for him, okay? Uh, but what happened is, is that they were here last week, and what they did was, I just wanted you to hear from business guys, people that had very busy lives and lots of other things going on in their life, and then one thing led to another, led to another, led to another, and pretty soon, they're saying, all of the stuff that brought me, they had fulfilling, interesting lives. But now they have God fulfilling an interesting, and God fulfilling an interesting trumps the other one so much that you'll never go back because it just is the thing that God made you to be since before the foundation of the world, and it's so wonderful to get involved in. So that was last week to sort of inspire on this. This week what we're going to do is I want you to see what God is actually doing right now in our community. You hear me say things, but I don't have time to go into it in detail. Today we're going to go into some detail about what God is doing in our communities because I've never seen anything like it and I've never seen a second place that's even close to it. So with that in mind, I need to do one quick thing and then we're going to do a video and then we'll get to the interview. But I want you to know, if you want to text your questions in, there's two ways you can do it. One is you just text that number, 25827, enter LSK, then a space, then your question. It comes up here on the monitor and as I'm interviewing them, I'll bring certain questions to them. I do want to show you that it's really cool, too. If you, if you got a QR reader and you're, you know, one of those taggers in your, in your phone, just point it at the back of the notes and the little tag in there, and it just opens it up. So Michael Weber set that up for us. So it's just a cool way to do it, okay? It's the fun, techie way to send in your text question because it does it all for you. So you just tag it and go, all right? All right. Now, having said that, then do I push the button or do you guys? I don't know with the new paradigm, but I do, okay? So I want you to see this video, and I want you to note who it is that's making a testimony about what's happening in Jubilee Reach because it's not a bunch of church people it's a bunch of business people and it's the Bellevue City Manager and it's principals and people in the school districts so we have a whole segment of our community that is desperately in need the millions of kids that are dropouts every year in this country teenage pregnancies, drugs and alcohol. We've seen in the last three years almost a doubling of the kids that are involved in subsidized lunch programs. This economic world we're living in right now is creating hopelessness. 15 to 20 percent of all middle school through college kids are cutting themselves because of the pain inside of them. Kids just want to be cared for. They want to be known. They want to know there's a bright future and they want to know where they fit into it. Jubilee is filling a need that government simply can't 
We do a lot of programs, and I'm proud that we really do them well. We actually make money showing people how we do things in the city. But I can't show how effective you folks are by your commitment to people and your faith in people and your love for these kids. You are the soul of the city. And I can't put a number on that. The kids have a belief that they can be successful. They can be successful out on the field, but then they can also be successful in the classroom. 17 of the kids had an F, and now there's only four of those kids that have an F. Your return on investment here is just huge. You're keeping these kids, and you know the names, I, I just know them as numbers, but you're keeping them off the police blotter and into productive aspects of life. This is absolutely 100% not about sports. The emphasis is on how do I behave as a person of character. You talk about the multiple of investment, it's just staggering. What we see happening out there is one of the greatest successes in the city. We have had people come in from around the county to look at what you're doing, and they are just in awe. We had Dow Constantine come in, our county executive, and the first call that he made when he was back to the office was to his entire staff, and he scrambled his staff and says, go out and replicate what Jubilee is doing. I am the luckiest person in the world to be at a school where I've got Jubilee Reach, leading them and guiding them in ways that they just otherwise would not ever get. Why is this not the mission field that we should be in every single day of our life? So come on up, guys. Uh, most of you know Brent Christie because he's been here, what, is this your fourth time now? Uh, Something fourth, like that. Yeah. It's just old home week for you, right? When it's family, you don't count. Exactly, days. exactly. So that is very cool. And Brent, of course, runs the Jubilee Reach, and you've heard his testimony and so on. And if you haven't, it's in our archives. Uh, it's incredible, but he's yet another story of a guy who came out of the business world. Didn't come out of the business world. That'd be the wrong way to put it because you can do this while you're in the business world. So the, the real thing that we're talking about is just somebody where one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And now he's running this incredible organization that is making such a huge difference. But it is clear. He's not the one that opened the doors. And I'm not running it. God he, is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's the one that, that was there so that when God started opening doors, there was somebody to respond. That's really the, the better way to say it. Now, Chantelle, everybody knows, because, of course, she was, you know, my assistant forever and it was awesome and everything else and she's just fantastic so she is now working at jubilee reach so if you want to know how much god is connecting us you know we've 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 actually taken sundays off here where we went down there and, and worked on it and we've already got people that are volunteering there and doing all that kind of stuff but god has just knit us completely together we were there in the genesis of it we will always be there i i just i do not really feel jubilee reach is anything different than lake sam I feel like we're just completely connected. They just happen to be connected to other churches, too, that are deeply connected in there. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts about it. Yeah. So, um, Plus, you sent me a new boss. Indeed. <laughs> I've never, yeah, you, I never worked too. so hard in my life for someone. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. It is. So uh, Chantel is going to tell us now why Jubilee Reach is a better ministry than any other ministry you could possibly get involved in. Now, I say that facetiously, but she really is going to talk about some things that are distinctives, and then we're just going to go back and forth on the interview format, okay? All right. Well, before I go oh, into... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. LSF, and where's, where's LSK? Rewind. I said LSK? Okay. 
So it's LSF. All right, Lake Sam Foursquare, not kids. Okay, go. So sorry. Go ahead. So before I start, I just want to say a great big, huge thank you for having us here. It's so amazing to be with you. I love you so much. So good to be back with you. And make sure. Awesome. Make sure you stop by and see me and hug me on your way out, okay? Um, so, because Brent has been here a bunch and has told you about Jubilee Reach, I thought it would be um, more productive if I talked about what's distinct about Jubilee Reach that I didn't understand until I got there. And that seems to be important when I talk to people. The first distinctive that, that is amazing to me, and it, and it seems little, but it's so big, and that is that it's not programmatic. Like most other nonprofits, even churches, can be very programmatic, meaning man thinks up of great ideas and expects people to come to those programs and be helped. And, what, and the, the thing that's different about Jubilee Reach is that, uh, is that we're relational, and we go in and we talk to the principals and we talk to the people and we find out what they need and then we just bring what they need to them. And so it, we're following the Holy Spirit. We're following what God is doing and it just grows and is amazing. It's an amazing experience. So Anissa at, at Highland Middle School will, will say, I talk, they listen, things change. And uh, it's, it's, so, it's so different and so refreshing to be in that environment. The next, you want me to keep going? Next, next distinctive is um, we do what's called lifestyle evangelism, which means that we live our lives in a way that uh, provokes the question to which the only answer can be Jesus. And I, I have my own personal story of, of this example of lifestyle evangelism. When I was there, like in the first three weeks, Tom comes into my office and says, I need Tom help. Brewer. Yeah, Tom Brewer, you guys know him. Comes into my office and says, I need help. My assistant's not here. I have nobody here to help me. I need you to drive an Iraqi woman and her three children to the health clinic in Eastgate. And a fear just gripped my heart, but I, didn't, I couldn't say no. And the reason that fear gripped my heart is because, if you'll remember, we did planting seeds here last spring, and it was one of the few projects that I did not execute for Kurt because <laughs> I refused to go. I didn't want to meet people that didn't speak English. <laughs> and I said, God, what are you thinking? You're going to stick me in a van with someone who doesn't speak English? I, I was praying the whole, oh, the whole entire time, going, I can't believe you're doing this to me. And as we're, as we're driving along, she actually starts to speak to me, tries to speak to me in English. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> and so we have some small talk and um, on the way back, and I, and I kind of need to back up and say the reason that we're helping her is because she's sort of the second wife and, and her husband beats her regularly and we're helping her to learn how to live life on her own and, um, and make it in America. And she gets a phone call from her husband, and, or what I think is her husband, because when she gets off, she's telling her children, father this and father that. And then she gets done, and she turns to me and she says, I cry every single day. And I put my arm on her and I, and I say to her, 
we're here to help you. And in that moment, I realized that all those fears that I had were unfounded. Here I thought I had to tell her the difference between Allah and Christ. And, <laughs> and let me tell you, she knows the difference. She has the scars on her body to prove it. I didn't have to tell her. All I had to do was show up with the love of God, and he did the rest. And when we got back to her apartment, she like, she like bolts out of the van, leaves her kids, leaves me, goes into the house, doors open everywhere, doesn't say a word, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> what I do? And all of a sudden, she comes back, and her arms are just full of probably all of the nice things that she has, and she's giving them to me because she's so grateful. When I get back to the office, Tom says that through the interpreter, she's asked, if we know Jesus, and he has said he's the reason we do this. That's lifestyle evangelism. The, the last distinctive that I, I think is really important that I didn't understand is that uh, Jubilee Reach is not this center with great, this great big staff that executes all, <laughs> all these things. <laughs> um, Jubilee Reach is the conduit that connects the church to the community. All of the resources are, are in the church. All of God's plan is the church to, to be in the community. And I think the, the best story that demonstrates exactly what Jubilee Reach is about is, is the Isaiah story. He, um, uh, I don't want to go here. Um, so last year, not, not, the, not fall of this uh, 2011, but in 2009, we went into Highland and did an after-school program. And uh, because that's what they were asking for, because, you know, that it was all cut. And we found two leaders. One was a Hispanic ex-gang member, and the other was an um, African-American sports writer. And they were noticing some gang behavior in the cafeteria, because now kids are recruited in third and fourth grade to be in gangs in Bellevue. I don't know if you know that because they can put them in that, those little windows in the bathroom in Bellevue, and they can go open the front door for everybody else. And so by seventh grade, they're full-fledged gang members. So Carlos was seeing this gang behavior inside the school, and he, and he took the kids into the gym and started um, kicking a soccer ball with them, and suddenly the sport was born. And Isaiah was one of the kids that was in the gym playing soccer, and his mom wanted to take him out of school because he was flunking. And, and he said to his mom, don't, don't take me out. I'm, I've joined soccer. I have to get good grades. Um, you know, just give me some time. I'll, get, I'll do better. And pretty soon, Highland Covenant Church came across the street, and they started volunteering in the after-school program and helping us. And they found out that Isaiah's family was in need of food, in need of heat, and they came around the family and provided wood and food and loved on them and pretty soon that family started coming to church and the uh, it was a blended family and um the mom was pregnant with two kids and they weren't married yet and this year they got married inside that church that that is that is the epitome of what jubilee reach is about it's about connecting the church to the community getting around families and changing lives. 
That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. There's gonna be. This is. There's gonna be a lot of reasons to clap. Brent, you're the best storyteller I've ever met in my whole life. And I mean by that, you you don't tell long tales. You tell tales mm. that are incredible. So uh, we just want you to just you know what's going on. What are you seeing? Just. Inspires. By the way, there's a question up here about uh, ESL program. Let me ask you to call Chantelle on that. She'll tell you how they are. Uh, that's a bit too specific for what we're going for, and that's great. But but put it down, or just call Chantelle and and or call us, and we'll connect you with her. Yeah, however, but yeah, or just grab her afterwards because boy, they really can use that kind of help. They're doing a lot of ESL stuff. So go ahead. Well, I think you heard uh, Steve Sarkozy say that Jubilee Reach is the represents the soul of the city. But it's not Jubilee Reach. Jubilee Reach is just the conduit by which the government and the school district can contract to do business with the church. Jubilee Reach is nothing, nothing if not for the church. And what is the church? It's the body of Christ, each one of us and all of the churches. We, we were here before, we said, if you ask Jesus, how many churches are there in Bellevue? Or, there's just one. Um, we're all part of his church, and we're asked to go. Um, and go not out of guilt and obedience like I felt that need, but more out of his grace, uh, not out of guilt and obligation, but more out of uh, grace and obedience to him. Um, so what, is, what has happened, and it's kind of funny when he mentions about um, uh, Dow Constantine coming in and, and uh, going back to the government, uh, the King County government, and say, replicate uh, what Jubilee Reach does. You can't replicate what God does. Um, <laughs> And, and that's what Steve Sarkozy gets, who's a sold-out, uh, strong believer. Um, and when he says uh, the soul of the city, he, said, he knows it's the church. Um, so the church coming together, going inside of these schools, um, it, the, the gates are wide open for us. Uh, we sat before a group of 14 sitting, sitting before uh, Christine Gregoire, assembled the church community, alas, and said, I, I never thought I would say this in my public life. Um, but she said that the that government is done. It can't do it. In fact, there's disaster ahead. We haven't even seen the beginnings of it, and that the only hope is going to be through the, the um, through the as they say the faith community. We know that it's the cry, crying of the Holy Spirit. As we go in, we're all lonely. I was a lonely guy. You know my background. Some of you that uh, the hotel and hospitality business, the upper two percent of the traveling public. I met a lot of lonely people, a lot of insecure, and, and I learned what hospitality was all about. It was, it was as in Romans 12, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. We're all estranged from something, um, but mostly from God. And so that when we go, we just love. What happened was uh, inside of these schools, it started with we had no plan. In fact, we had no plan to go inside the schools. That was a big tension within Jubilee Reach but we serve a God that can do anything, that can move mountains. I love the worship song, an awesome God. And if we just are obedient and trust his grace, his, his faith, his faith uh, or we go faithfully, amazing things happen. Now to be the church inside of seven middle schools operating an athletic program that it's not about athletics. You heard the principal say, I'm the most fortunate guy in the world to have Jubilee reach inside my school. Andrew Huskamp's been there He's, he's a pioneer of this. He's part of your congregation. You've been inside of there. But it was just allowing the Holy Spirit to work. And then, then two coaches show up, and then some assistant coaches. And the culture now of supporting Andrew and what's been doing, but really supporting what God is doing and where he is at work inside of these schools. And to hear the stories, what sports is about, 
350 kids celebrated the end of the season uh, at a church. 350 kids and their parents. And we do a thing called Attaways. Here's what sports is about. Uh, welcoming the competition off the bus. Because if we don't have competition, we don't have somebody to play and to get better. Not that I'm going to beat you, but I'm going to be a better me. Um, and then coming together and welcoming the ref because we respect authority. We, we appreciate that we've got somebody on the soccer field to help us um, negotiate the rules and the regulations so that we can play um, within the boundaries and the confines of what the sport is. And then to support and um, uh, great efforts and great performance. And then at the end, we all come together, coaches, players, parents, and administration, they do a thing called Attaways. And it was really to look across at, at your opposition or your opponent and say, hey, uh, Gabby, what's your name, goalie? Gabby, I want to tell you. And Gabby might have let the last goal. It could have been a 1-0 game, but who feels worse at the end of, end of the game is Gabby, the goalie. And uh, said, I want to tell you, we tried the whole game to get beyond you, and we couldn't. But you were tough, and you made us better. So add away, Gabby. And then they clap. This goes around. And then parents speak. At the end of the season, it was really cool to see that Title I school, uh, Title I means high needs over 50% free and reduced lunch, Highland Middle School, where gang behavior was, used to be present, now there is no more tagging in that school. Tillicum used to get tagged every day in the summer. There's no more tagging going on or graffiti on buildings. Um, and that's just by the Holy Spirit being in there. So um, it's not about tagging is not about uh, vandalism. Tagging is about territory. That's why that's important. That's why that's really significant. So um, the, even the superintendent of uh, Bellevue Public Schools is there, and she speaks Spanish, Amalia Cadero, and she hears then the Spanish uh, parent or the Hispanic parents speaking to their kids how proud they are of them. Um, and then you see things change, not just the gang behavior, but kids have to go. There's kids that have a, um, a uh, well, no, no grades. I mean, you, you might have heard the story how it started at the knock on the principal's door at 6.30 at night. She's still working, Anissa Bariano at Highland, and kids want to see their grades. She thought it was a joke, but they needed, uh, because they didn't have grades, they didn't hardly attend class. Now those kids are leaders in the school. They have over a 2.0. Some of them are honor roll students. That Isaiah that, that uh, Chantel's talking about is on the student leadership team. Um, amazing things that are happening. Uh, uh, Mohammed, who used to be tagging the building at the end of the year banquet, 350 uh, parents and kids and affirming their kids. And, I, and this Mohammed asks for the microphone and says, I just want to say one thing. Think from a spray paint can to a microphone in front of hundreds and say, I want to tell you, thanks for believing in us and thanks for never giving up. That's the stories of the Holy Spirit and the church just pouring, the church just going. Um, so that, and like, I'm, I'm was one that sat in the pews and, and was filled with the Spirit, but didn't, but as even some volunteers would say, but my heart was getting smaller rather than getting bigger until I went out. And that's where I see the face of Christ in these kids. That's where I see uh, the transformation in my own life. That's where my behavior came, uh, changed. And what I found is, I say like a, this co coffee cup, when I, it's not a coffee cup, but pretend it is. Um, and it's, it's that if I go to church and sometimes I just sat, and then I said, oh, I'm a good man. And I felt better. And then, but then you know what? It's 
I'm sorry, this is a graphic thing, but I use this. I'm a boater, and there's a holding tank on boats, and you know what's held in the holding tank, okay? So it's all of this sin, this sediment of sin. So I went out to serve, you know, the at-risk youth, and then I just, God had, when he, Kurt's talking about adventure, there is no greater adventure than this. I am so full of adventure, I can't stand it sometimes. Uh, in fact, sometimes I wish he'd take me out. Anyway, th this, um, um, but it's, then I go out and serve, and so it shakes this up, right? And all that sin and that sediment in my life starts to come to the surface. And those that I used to judge, those that I used to prescribe, I had the solution, I knew how to fix them, or there's no hope. And then it was just loving a kid and loving a basketball team and then getting into another organization. And th but every time it shook it up. And as he say, and you got to pour it out and pour it out and shake it up, fill it up and pour it out and pour it out. And slowly, slowly, it gets a little clearer, but I'm still full of all of that sin, that judgment, and that sediment but the joy of pouring it out. And that's why we say our joy is to see the church turning outward through acts of service that show the community the real Jesus. Not through our, our words, but through our walks, so that when our words are told, they're asked, they want to hear, and those words, those seeds, the mustard seeds are planted in incredibly fertile soil. You, you told me the story, but you can tell it. You pick who's going to tell it, but there was a story about at that out-of-way banquet of the mother and the daughter that were not sitting next to each other. You know what I'm talking about? I was pretty impressed with your story, man. <laughs> you, you never cease to amaze. So th there's a, each of the schools also had, it's, it's amazing when, when this all comes together and parents come to, coming together and uh, many times teachers are, are getting angry because parents won't show up, but parents have a fear too, or they don't speak the language or they don't feel able to. Um, but then parents start to show up at games, and then, parent, uh, then coaches and, and, and parents are interacting. Then administration is there. Well, then the school and the parents decide they want to do an end-of-year banquet. The parents did this at, at Odal, right over here. And somebody knows somebody that owns a pizza place. And so they got a whole bunch of pizza inside of Odal Middle School, and they had an end-of-year banquet. Kids are sitting with their parents. Now, this is boys and girls team, and there's probably... At that school, maybe 50 kids um, playing. And, um, and then at least one or two parents of each. Um, now, they're sitting together, except for you. It's real obvious that I will call her Shauna is not sitting with her mother, who's four tables away. And you could see the tension there. At the end, this was the Monday night football game that, that the Seahawks were playing in, in December. And so the coach, uh, Bobby Miller, who's an incredible guy, um, sensing that people probably want to get going, we always end with parents giving attaways to their kids. And so, so is there any final thing that any, any parents would like to say? First parent up was Shauna's um, mom. And she says, I just want to say this. Um, I don't know what it is you do or what's happened, because I haven't honestly been to a game this year. I, w I thought I was too busy. But, my, but Shauna is different. When she comes home, she's respectful and she's helping and she's really caring for her brothers and sisters. And she's doing her homework, and we don't argue about it. And she's getting some good grades. So, and then she looked over to Shauna after talking to the audience and said, so I just want to tell my daughter that I'm really proud of her and that I love her. <laughs> and then Shauna got up and said a couple of words and ran to her mom. And, and they hugged for about two minutes. Um, you can sense the emotion, and they cried. And then there was applause by all the parents and all the kids in the school uh, or in that room. And then um, parents started to talk. 
and kids started to talk, and they stayed for another hour. They missed the kickoff. <laughs> but God kicked off something way bigger. You see this reconciliation of families? Yeah. Yeah. So all we've got to do, so when you sit in, in the pews like I did, I'm not judging that, man. I totally get it um, and want to do it. Don't worry about how big this thing is. All you've got to do is just to go. What's happening in music? We have rock start, bands coming together, a, 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 a um, um, counselor, Maureen McDermott at Highland says, that girl that's leading in the band, playing a guitar and leading in the singing of the band said, for two months she did nothing but cry every day. And I talked to her. It wasn't about music, it was about somebody just sat alongside her and became a friend a helper and loved her and showed the love of Christ. Now she, of four bands, they play in front of the students there. This is another thing that you can do, um, is just to be there and be present. And these kids are screaming for one another. After school programs now at Highland is all owned by the church. The principals, the staff leave about 3.30. I go, well, I'm going to go in and talk to the principals. They're gone because the church is there and the church turning outward. That's the transformational life that's happening. And then they find these families get reconciled. They say, I want to know this Jesus. And then they show up in the church because the hope for the world, his plan A is his church. And there's no plan B. Best story. Just a good one. I know there's a lot. And I know you're, I'm not putting you on the spot. But I just want you to, we, we want to hear. We know you and we want to hear. Well, my, my favorite story is the uh, lap story, and it's other people's favorite story, too. Um, Jeff Bethke, you guys have seen the internet craze, right? And he's the guy that did Religion versus Jesus. Have you seen, he, his picture was on the back. You guys know that this, he did this about how he's not crazy about religion, but he loves Jesus and, and religion. Yeah. Over 15 million people. Uh, it's tomorrow, I'm sorry to interrupt no, the story. No, go ahead. But 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, CBS uh, New, or whatever that CBS show, he's going to be on TV. He's been talking already all over. And it's, it's ignited the spirit in, in, this whole in the whole world, but certainly our, our, our society, about this conversation about Jesus. So this story is about him. <laughs> um, so it's, it's the beginning of the year, and we're just getting started with soccer. And he has this kid that's completely acting up and is obnoxious and a major problem. And finally, he says to the kid, you know what? You don't have to be here. I'm, you know, nobody's making you. This is, this is not required. And the kid goes, fine. And he takes off his jersey and he throws it in the on the ground. And he stomps on it and throws some F-bombs around and kind of, yeah, you Words know. that begin with F that don't make, rhyme with fine. <laughs> And, the, and, and leaves the field. And I think he actually has to be escorted off the field. Anyway, a few days later, he comes back and he wants to be on the team. And Jeff says, well, there are some consequences for your behavior. And, for you know, you can come back. We'd love for you to come back. Here, here's what is required for you to come back. You're going um, to have to run wind sprints every single day this week. You're going to have to sit out your first game. And the kid goes, I don't want to do wind sprints. And, and Jeff says, well, but a penalty has to be paid for, you know, your behavior. And he's like, no, I really don't want to do that. And Jeff says, well, here's the deal. I want, I want you 
back on my team. And so I'm going to run those wind sprints for you. And you're going to have to watch me. And, and the kid like, is like, no, no, you can't do that. And, and Jeff says, no, I'm going to run them. And you are going to watch. And so he starts running the wind sprints. And, and after a few wind sprints, his completely falls apart. And we start to hear the deeper needs. And we find out that um, he's an orphan. And his parents are, are has just separated, and he his world's falling apart, and he has probably never experienced love like Jeff is showing him. Right, never experienced that. And in fact, he says to Jeff, "Why are you doing this?" And Jeff says to him, "It's called grace. Go look it up." And so now, guess who is his right arm? <laughs> So that's the joy of just showing up. You just have to go there, and many times you don't have to be a coach, and even after school. And let me tell you one thing for sure, it's messy. It's not going to feel good. It's going to look real. You listened to Dave uh, Cole last week, who's sitting in here, and uh, hey, he's a, our, uh, the board chair of, of Jubilee Reach. He's all, all part of the program. I don't know, maybe he told you this story, but it took him weeks to get the courage to go into this middle school after school and said, I, I almost couldn't stand there anymore, seeing these kids run around. And let me tell you, if you've seen middle, and some of you are parents of 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, been through that cycle. Sorry <laughs> if there's 6th, 7th, and 8th graders in here. But man, they're clinically insane. Everything's acting up. <laughs> but no offense. Oh, but, but it's wonderful. And, but then you see this, this, these relationships emerging, and, but it's just coming alongside, and then when Dave has to walk into the men's room and then he can't get in there because the boys are, you know, they're worse at that age than the girls doing their, their hair. And, he, and they said, hey, wow, because this guy had shown up, had been present. They say, hey, let the brother through and let him into the, to the restroom. And that, that is see, the seeing and doing. Also, showing up at a game and meeting this boy, Kenny, and seeing this guy who's spitting on his jersey angry, and then you see this little boy with braces and all he's looking for is love and all it needs is just someone to step in the gap another coach is walking out on the field go ahead now, I, I just needed before we skip off of the Dave one I I was wondering if it would come up or not so Dave was here last week and you told me a story on Tuesday and I said we might get to it and I think we ought to get to it so could you just stand up right where you are Dave Chantel thank you and would you just you know you know what I'm talking about Well, to continue with the, uh, the story, I, I went to Highland um, early on in the program, and then I came back and uh, saw it a number of times. And at the end of the season, they were having a game, and uh, I had talked to a retired pediatrician mm -hmm. early on and said, what are we trying to do here? And he said, what we're trying to do is be in relationship with these kids. I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. So then about seven months later, I went back and I said, what, what has happened? What has happened, Dave? And he said, you know what? We've gone from fear, really macho, okay? What is, why, do you, why do you act like macho? Because you're afraid, okay? And that has now turned into respect they're actually respecting each other, and they're beginning to love each other through the Attaways. And he said, we started with hopelessness, 
which is a sense of there's nothing in my life that I can look forward to, really, okay? Uh, there's really nothing better out there. And he said, now we're seeing hope. So that's the opportunity we have to change lives from fear, macho, hopelessness, to love, hope, and respect. And he said it just struck him that the behavior was so different. He said he went in, and he was like, what can I do in here? And this is so out of control, and this is nuts, and this is way over the top. And then, he, then when he goes back in the next time, so quite a bit later, he's going, this is a different group of kids. It's the same human beings, but these are different people. That, you know, what's happened here? And that's what the guy told him. He said, this is the, this is the, this is the depth of the transformation that's taking place in what's happening with these things. So go ahead, Brent. Well, and I, I think the, uh, it was also, and I'm that story, it was the transformation of me, too, how I needed to change. Dave walked in and got the courage up to walk in to see middle schoolers and how God uses, um, it uses projects to get us done, not us to get projects done. Um, and I was a big project because, man, I had the answers and I knew what needed to get done and what God knew what needed to get done, and it was me. But going out... <laughs> and getting involved and just showing up and entering the mess and gnashing of my teeth and working with those basketball players and seeing the mess, you know what? We don't have to do anything because he will. You just need, we just need to be present. And I kept trying and I would get frustrated, but you know what? It was when I finally just sat down and all it needed was just somebody to listen, as we say, just love, listen, learn, and stay alongside. So it's nothing that's huge. And my change, my, did my schedule change? Yeah. I mean... No more in, into the corporate world, but into a new corporate world, into the corporation led by God as the best CEO I ever worked for. But man, it, it ain't easy. Um, and he uses that to sharpen us, to hone us, to fill us up and pour us out. And it's such a joy, but the need is so great, and the hope is only through his church. And as you heard, um, and, and meeting also, uh, you know, there's incredible meetings, people that I never could have gotten alongside of in business and in uh, my entrepreneurial ventures, which were a mess. Um, but, but if you're in the impact that you can have of seeing inside of the school, hearing from Rob McKenna that we can't do this, we're not going to be able to do this with more budget, and there's more and more to come, and that you can't, as, as another pastor says too, that, uh, that Kirk's friends with said, um, we can't pay people to love people. We just need to go and show the light of Christ, and then there will be no more darkness inside of us and outside of there. And the depth of the need. Here's another story that um, at Taiyi, good school, high academic standards, walking out on the, on the, uh, the coach there, Samson Pack, um, wonderful fella, uh, married, very strong uh, believer, married with three kids, uh, a boys walking out in the, on the practice field, sixth grade, 11 years old. Hey, coach. You got a girlfriend? No, man, I don't have, I don't have a girlfriend. He goes, well, um, well, I'm going to get me a girlfriend. Well, what do you need a girlfriend for? Well, you know, coach, for hugging and kissing and getting busy. And if you guys know what getting busy means. Um, I think we do. Yeah. And I, <laughs> there's a course afterwards. No, I can't. <laughs> um, so, and then he talked to, to the, the boy a little bit about his, do his uh, daughter, his daughter. Um, 
his sister, if he had a sister, his mother, about what a woman is, about the future in your life and where are you going. He goes, ah, no, when he'd heard this, he goes, no, coach, man, I was just kidding, I was just kidding. But hey, coach, you got any kids? He goes, yeah, I got three kids. You got three kids and you don't have a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, but think about it, man. I mean, this boy was never thinking of being a husband, a father, and that's what we're becoming, the father to the fatherless, so they come to know that there is a father that they, that, who loves them. But think about that, and that's what's happening. We just had a girl that's, that's been, we've been alongside since she was in grade school, the first girl when we started six years ago with a before-school program, 14 years old, and she's pregnant. A 14-year-old girl now who's having her second child because she was 11 when she had her first. Looking for love in all the wrong places, kids raising kids, and they just want to be known, as he says. They just want to be loved. They just need the presence. They just want somebody to unpack. And the only way to start a relationship, when I met my wife, I didn't go tell her, well, here's what you're going to do for me when we get married and how, how it's going to work and the plans I got for you. Because he told me, I just kept showing up. We kept showing up, and we related, and we related. And then something happened, and the bond happened. So the thing is, don't worry about the big thing. Just go and do a thing anything but just be there and show and you'll and i tell you you're going to get goofy like me <laughs> but and he's goofy, goofy. God. yeah Chantel, go ahead tell the story <laughs> okay um so i um sat here for five years listening to all of brent's amazing stories and i kept thinking that he's goofy <laughs> <laughs> no i learned that later <laughs> 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 I was thinking he knows God differently than I do, and it was extremely attractive. I wanted to know God like he knows him, and yet I stayed. I, there were things that were stopping me, right? I was afraid I wasn't prepared. I was afraid of the mess I'd find, and, and probably, I, I don't know, the biggest thing is I was comfortable in my little box. I was comfortable inside the church. I was comfortable inside my routine. I was comfortable. And looking back, you know, how did I get from comfortable to Ghibli Reach? And looking back, I can see that it, it started 11 years ago uh, when somebody, as you know, we're talking about mentoring, we're talking about coming alongside. Think about, think about what mentors have done in your life. Well, that's what, what I did. I, I thought about you know, someone who decided that they were going to mentor me. And this person decided to mentor me when I was a mess <laughs> and wasn't listening. And, and if, if Kurt had not chosen to mentor me, I would not be where I am today at all because he constantly and relentlessly uh, spoke into my life about walking with God for real. And I'm telling you, he should have given up on me because I was difficult. And he never, ever, ever did. He constantly was there, guiding, leading, showing me the way, picking me up out of the ditches I was in uh, and making sure I was, I was being real. And now I text him all the time and, and say how thankful that, that he did that because I'm using it every day and I couldn't do what I'm doing without it. And um, the next sort of part of the journey that was really super important is um, 
God asked me to lay down everything that I loved. And, and when he did that, I, um, he revealed to me what I was holding on to, what I was living for, what was most important to me, uh, which was uh, I really was living for what I could achieve and what I could accomplish and the glory that I got from that. And when it was gone, he said to me, okay, now where's your identity? Now who are you without all that? And I, I, I said to him, please take me to a new place that, that I'm really actually, my sustenance is your will and not the stuff because I never want to be here again. And, and that journey continued on into Jubilee Reach. Um, you know, it took, it took a while for, for them to actually get to know me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so I would come to work and I would say to God, really? This is what I get to do today, really? And um, because, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't glorious and it wasn't the things I thought I should be doing. And then one day, we had this dinner, and you saw that video of the dinner, and you got a little taste of it. But, but as the principals got up and talked about what's going on in their schools and the, and the kids' lives changed, and as the city manager got up and talked about a different city because of what God is doing, and the business leaders got up, and by the end of the night, I was just completely undone. And I said to God, I don't care if all I do is open the door. I would rather be a gatekeeper in what you're doing than to spend a thousand days anywhere else. I don't care. I'll, I'll do anything. And I gave up my expectations. I gave up my thoughts. I gave up. I gave up what I was living for. And as we're, because those things were gone, you know, Brent was talking about the sediment. Because those things were gone, suddenly my heart was free. It was free to feel his love. It was feel. It was free to feel his presence. It was free to experience life like I've never experienced it. Because now I'm not living for all those stupid things. I'm actually <laughs> joining him in what he's doing. She sent me an email uh, after she'd been there for probably six months, maybe, was it? And, uh, I haven't been there six months. Well, okay, so it wasn't six months. But she'd been there for a period of time, and she sent me an email, and, and I, I could share this because I asked her. I didn't really want her to talk about me so much, but there was just something in the story that I went, okay. Uh, the, the email basically just said, I repent. She said, I sat there, and I listened. I sat right there in that chair, and I listened to you talk about Jubilee, and I listened to you casting vision. And my heart was stony and steel against what you were saying. My heart was, this is outside of what God could be asking me to do, and I don't have to pay attention, and I'm not going to. And uh, she said, you know, thank God, God's bigger. And then he took me from that seat, and he took me into that ministry that I was so uncomfortable with on so many different levels. And she said, now nah, I get it. Now I get why you're pushing so hard. Now I get why you won't give up on this. Now I get why you just continue to, to just push and push and push on this thing. Because she said, now that I'm experiencing it, this is the best. <laughs> why would you ever want to go anywhere else and do anything else? You know, this is everything. So I really want to encourage you that he, he has trained you well 
we need people like you that can minister in the spirit for real and not be kooky and not be weird and, and show the love of Jesus. You have the best reputation on the east side for being such a loving church. You, I, I, I want to encourage you so much that, that you have everything you need, and we need to. Brett and I can't do this alone. This, this work is way big. I mean, we're talking to Lake Washington. We're talking to Tacoma. We can't keep up. It says here, what's your biggest need? It's you. It's you. <laughs> Help us. Come out. If, if you were to answer that, if you were to answer that, though, what is your biggest need? She just did. Well, that's the way it works at Jubilee Reach. You just heard it. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that's that's really it. There is, if if we follow His way, there is nothing in our way. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. There's no resistance out front. There is more invitation and request than we could ever fulfill. And the only hope is that it's just the church. Um, the, of just showing up and, and, and just being present. And don't feel that you're, you're ill-equipped. It's just to be there in love. We, um, we have a contract with the school district and with all seven middle schools. And they want more and more. There's robotics, uh, just coaching kids, just sitting there, people that have skills that I absolutely have none of, um, but just being with kids and then uh, this robotics that's already laid out by Legos and, and building robots and how these kids come together and um, it's a national program, all you have to do is just inspire kids, just coach. Think of yourself as a coach and that's all you need to do to inspire or just to be there and be present and not even worry about even coaching, but just to be there and someone will come to you. Somebody brought a cribbage game and now there's a cribbage club. Somebody started knitting and now there's a knitting club. They ju it's just craving to be present. That, and the opportunity is the, the God of government is dead. Um, it will not ever be able to fund our way out of this, but we know what everybody is craving. We know what the need is. When Anissa Barriano and the principal say when we assemble um, all of them in a room and they say we've never gotten together like this and what they're craving, oh, it's called robotics or sports. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called God. It's called love because God is love and the two greatest of those is love God and love your neighbor. Can we really call ourselves believers if we're not doing those two things Amen. first? Amen. Loving God, loving our neighbor, and then just go out of grace and obedience to him. And you, he, we, they will know him by, you will know me by my people. Now, if we're there, we do. Now, I want to say, I think that this, this is my own take. This wouldn't necessarily be theirs, and it shouldn't be theirs. But my sense of this thing is, is very strongly that what's happening right now is is it because of the collapse of the economy, because of the, just if you look at it historically, how deeply ingrained the church and, and everything about God was ingrained in our culture and how radically that has shifted in the last few decades. And we have tried to power through that with funding and programs and all kinds of things. And the fact is the results are in and now it's collapsed. And so what I think has happened is very much so, as I think that God always puts his saints through a thing. He's put the whole economy through things. People have struggled and, and had very difficult moments about, am I going to lose my house? Am I going to lose my job? There's been a lot of uncertainty over the last couple of years. But I sense that we're now coming out of an uncertainty, even though things aren't better. And the reason why is because our hope exists somewhere other than a job and a house that we're starting to find out that you can lose a job, you can lose a house, and you didn't lose God. And that God was bigger than either one of those things, and God is bigger overall. 
And so what I feel very strongly is happening right now is that there's a backbone coming into the church in a new way that is extraordinary. And that is happening at the precise same time by God's orchestration as what the government has reached its end and has collapsed in its ability to provide. And when Brent says more is coming, more is coming because of the inability that the debt situation is so far out of control. And so what's happening is, is that there is this unbelievable open door at the very same time that God has equipped his saints to respond. Now, if I were to cast and go forward a little bit in vision on this thing, I think what will happen is, and I'm really, I don't say this prophetically, I think what will happen is, is that there will be a backlash. Right now, there's such a need, and the principles and everything else are getting so much value out of it, it's going phenomenally well. But I think that what will happen ultimately is, is that people will, people that don't want God there are going to raise up and they're going to do a backlash. And I think that very wisely this organization has got it to where they're doing things in a way that they're not going to offend anything. But it doesn't really matter. It's perception. And the bottom line is, is I think the door is open for a season. And I think the door has gotten to, if I can say it this way, I think the door has been opening for the last couple of years. And I think that it is now as wide as it's going to get. I don't mean that, I think there's new things coming. But I think the door is wide open for the church. And I think that God has steeled his body at the very same time to go in and take the land. And that doesn't mean domineering, and that doesn't mean, you know, some of the negative, uh, pejorative things that you could think about, Christians and domination and all that stuff. What it means is, is what they've been talking about. It's going in and being the hands, the feet, the heart of Christ, and making a difference in people's lives. And I think that the opportunity exists in such a fantastic way, and I think that it will exist for a season. And God's asking us if we really do believe. I'm saying through the series, do you want to have an interesting life? It's not like God hasn't given you ample opportunity to have it. <laughs> the issue is going to be, and I don't just, I, I realize this could come off as con condemning. It's not. I mean it to be hopeful. But the issue right now is, is are we going to respond? Because if we do, we'll be so massively involved in people's lives and the culture's lives that should a Seattle Times article come out that makes the whole thing look different than it actually is and look terrible and all the principals get in trouble and they have to kick everybody out and everything else, it won't matter. Because there'll be so many sports programs and wraparounds and groups and, and dinners and everything else going on. There'll be such life happening that it won't matter what the schools have to say about it. Because it'll be so strong, it'll be so developed, God will have given us this opportunity to build something that is so wonderful and so fruitful and so productive that it will exist. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Because that's how God is. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what the schools say. It matters what He's doing. So I have an urgency in my heart, a prophetic urgency that tells me that we need to respond. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict myself, and I'm not contradicting myself at all. Wait a minute. What did you just say? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. I'm proud to say I'm humble. Kind yeah, of like there you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. If you've been going along with us here, you're saying, I got it, Kurt. I got it. I really get it. I want to do Jubilee Reach, and yet you've been telling me to sign up for things at the church, and, yet, and there's going to be a dental van that I'm going to talk about in one second, and then there's this, and then there's this. And what do you want me to do? Everything? Yeah, but it'll take a while, okay? I just want you to do it one step at a time. 
And what I really mean is I want to show you something here. Thanks to Josh Foreman. He's amazing. When we were doing this series, I said, you know, Josh, we need to do something. I started with Justine, and then she said, let's talk to Josh, too. And, and what I said was, is, you know what our banner looked like. And I said, Josh, we need to give some people some sense of how to walk this journey, how one thing leads to another. And so he took our normal one, and he just created movement and motion in it. Do you see that? He created a sense that here's what I think is most important. I think most important is this thing between you and God, the thing that goes vertically. And that has to do with hearing God's word here in church, and that has to do with hearing him every day in your devotionals. That's what I believe. I believe that is the ground and the foundation, and if we don't do those things, I don't think that we're ever really going to know what God's doing, and I think we'll flounder for the rest of our lives, and we'll miss the opportunities that are there. But then what happens is it goes to the second one, which is now this starts to ripple out. It starts to go horizontal. You're connecting with threefolds in a deep way. You're connecting in small groups or in ministry teams. You're connecting in Bible studies, all of these things. And you're starting to connect, and it's starting to build up to something that's more than just you and what are you and a bunch of other yous could ever be. Because it's people together. Because one and one in God's kingdom doesn't equal two. Mm. It equals ten. Is that right? You know, two can put 10,000 to flight. Okay? So the point of the thing is, is that it begins to ripple out, and then you get to where it just starts to build, and this is what these stories are. It just builds into a crashing wave that changes the landscape. It changes everything. Right? As you go out and you serve, as you go out and you outreach. I am not asking you to quit your job and start doing ministry full-time right now. What I am asking you to do is, we're giving you opportunities. The perspectives class that we gave you this morning, the Bible studies that we talked about, the small groups that we're talking about, we're giving you opportunities to connect and get that going. Then we're giving you opportunities at Jubilee Reach, here at Lake Sam, in all kinds of different ways. And we're not asking you to do everything, we're asking you to do the thing that God has called you to do. So what we've done on the back of our sheet here, that you already, we already looked at for APES, on the back of the sheet here, what we want you to do is, if you're interested in having Chantel or someone from there call and start talking you through what this is going to be and what this means and that kind of stuff, again, you're not signing your life away when you do this. No. What you're doing is you're opening yourself up to a conversation where we're going to explore together where God is for you so that you can find that next step because that's the principle that we're working here. What's the next thing that's going to take you to the next place? You may be already, and this is interesting, there's so many mature Christians in here, you may be already doing all kinds of things, and you're already well on your way to really a very full, rich, incredible life. I look around at some of the faces, and I know there's a bunch of people who are already experiencing it. And even then, an infinite God has a next step. Amen. And it doesn't mean more in onerously, it means more in joy, more in opportunity. More in, this is where I want to take you next. Have you gotten comfortable? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a good question because I, I, that's what I say a lot of. I've, I've gotten comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and the, the thing, it's, it's amazing when we, all we're asked to go is to go and be the church. And this whole backlash, it's amazing to me that there isn't, with the backlash now, it's, everything you're saying is happening. I mean, you should be a preacher, man. That was good. <laughs> Um, but everything Kurt's saying is true. It's happening, 
and that they can't live without the church, and they want it inside of every school. And it, when it starts to percolate up in the city, you ever, you ever been to Chuck E. Cheesy's and those things that come up, and they're yeah. supposed to hit them down, and you get points for it, and then you <laughs> get enough, you can go get another pizza or something? Whackable. Yeah, whackable. What, but every time it pops up, it's the school district that's hitting it down so that they're plowing the way. All we have to do, there's two things they ask. Don't pray out loud and don't say or put up banners for Jesus. Now, that's to protect us because in our society, then they've got to let Allah and Buddha and Muhammad and everybody else in the room. But there's only one God of love and he sent his son down here. We just, we just worship that in music about how awesome he is, how he died for our sins and all we have to do is just that go and show and find and see a show that you can't even imagine and find incredible joy. So all of this is just to, it's not to condemn, it's just like, wow, there is, it's so exciting um, just to go do, but it's messy, but isn't it fun to go and you, when you go on a hike, you go, oh, and you know, the snow was messy, but I got out in it and it was kind of fun. And then I, I regretted that I couldn't, didn't have somebody to build a snowman with because I had the shovel and it was too heavy and I found out how out of shape I was. But there's, <laughs> but all, all they ask for within the, in, in the school is just taking care of our own. But really what they're saying in the school, the schools do an amazing job. Get this. Get this, a Christian organization is running sports and they had a, 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 a board meeting in, in the school district because we needed to move these teams around. They've got buses, they've got drivers. They voted at, unanimously to allow a Christian organization to schedule and use their buses, yellow public school buses, driving Club Jubilee sports teams around to their games. One more thing that you can even show up if you like. I don't know how many seats we got, but you're all welcome and just re register online so we have enough sandwiches. Monday the 30th, now that because of the snow day, that was gonna be a teacher's work day, we're gonna be at Highland Middle School sharing this story. Hopefully Sarkozy, the principals are gonna say there, talk about the power of this, of the church. Basically, they say Jubilee Reach because they're not gonna shout the church, just like we can't shout Jesus, but we'll be Jesus and then we'll have the conversation. Amazing things are happening as you're hearing the stories. But inside the school, now while school is going on, we have a luncheon for 200 people. But, the, but they, they're gonna make a way. They said, well, the cafeteria is now gonna be full of kids. The gym's got activities going on for kids. So we're gonna find a place for the church to come inside the school with 200 people for lunch or 100 people, however many are gonna be there and hear the story. So we're gonna do it in the library while school's going on. What is changing? When you said take back the land, it's all there for us. It's all we just have to go. We are like Moses, so close to the promised land, but we just have to look forward rather than look back at, at the, 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 at least the meal we had and the rice that we had and say, no, there's something way more abundant. All you have to do, all we have to do is just go. So there's somebody else that should be preaching too, no. right? Which is why we Sorry, keep bringing Sorry, I, I, I overstepped my bounds. No, no, right. no, you didn't. I, I do want to say something, and I'm going to be just a little sensitive to the number of people that are here that don't know Christ. And when, when she said a thing about Islam and, and insinuated, implied that, you know, if you're Allah, you get beaten as a wife and and so on. And, and he just said there's no love in these other ones. I want to say something. I actually agree with what he's saying, but I think that there's a way of saying that, that yeah. you can actually reasonably work your way through this. It, it is the only religion that is on a personal level. 
Buddha is not. It's impersonal. It's not about a relationship. It's about nirvana, which is a very different thing. You can go to Allah. You can go to the nature of the religion. You can go to these things, and we can talk about these things in very reasonable and rational ways. I just am saying this right now because I know it can hit some ears funny, and I want you to know that as a church and as a pastor, we're sensitive to these things. We're sensitive to how these sound to people that don't know Christ and don't know that love, haven't come to know that incredible presence and that that's what makes Christianity so unique. That's what makes it the reason why I've given my entire life to it because I just want people to come to know this Christ and I'll do whatever it takes, however it takes in order to be able to do anything along those lines and that's what we're talking about. So let me just do two more things because we're wrapping up, okay? I just want to, again, thank you. I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to understand if we can't trust you to say no to things, then you're not going to find the thing that God is asking you to say yes to. You're going to have people that are trying to help you find where God has you to be. That's what you're signing up for when you sign up for this. It's not to do something yet. It's to talk about what it is that God would have you do, okay? So please put that in there and, and sign up on the Jubilee side too. And then what I want to show you is, and this is a very important moment, and I'm not being able to click, so would you guys please click for me? Okay? All right, one more. Okay? All right. Th this, is, this, is the, the, this is just to show you, we wanted to give you one object lesson of the kind of things that are going on. There's a dental van that gets parked in front of a church that Stevenson and Odell have their teachers and their counselors walk kids from the school to the dental van to get dental care. It's been going on for years. Lake Sam has now become a location for that. Let me just, yes, okay? And the dental van will be outside when you go outside and there'll be a dentist there and a, and a nurse and you can ask them any questions you want and so on. Let me do say something, we're about to take an offering. If you would like to designate some money towards this, it does cost to have the dental van be here, 800 bucks. And if you'd like to designate some funds towards that, please do, okay? But the bottom line is, this is that. This is this melding, this, it's bringing the culture back together. It's bringing the community of faith and the public sector, and it's integrating this thing back together again. It's meeting the needs of people. And I just think it's, like I say, when they said the dental van could be here on this day, I was like, we're definitely promoting that because this is, we, we've only begun to touch on all of the things that are there and the new ones that are coming every day. So, having said all that, what I want you to do is, is sign up for the things that you're going to sign up for. And we're just going to take a minute right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Reach inside of your bulletin and pull out this. Because this will give you more detail on that dental van. Okay? So it's right here. And you guys understand this is that Mission Sunday. And this is what we're featuring this Mission Sunday, is the dental van and what this is. And that's part of, on the back page, you see our missionaries on this page. Please be supporting them. They need your help. They need the steering teams and so on. And then on this side of the page is the community care, which Chris does, which we just, you know, it's thousands of people, you guys, now that this church has made an incredible impact. When she says that Lake Sam is known in the community for a place that really is doing it and really is loving. We're not the only church that's known for that. But I have to tell you, I'm in these circles and I talk to these people and the reputation of this church is really phenomenal. And here's what I think. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface. 
And yet already the differences that Chris has been doing for years and years, the things, the connections, the, the things that we're doing, this is what God wants the church to look like. This is what he wants us to be. Can, so, can, I, can I even comment on that? Yes, I'm, I'm long on time, though. So, okay. Well, right. the, the, the dental van is an incredible way for the church to be salt and light. The school administrators and the counselors and the teachers see these kids with needs in the classroom. They schedule them. They walk them over to Lake Sam in partnership with Medical Teams International and volunteer dentists from the church serve the needs of kids. That would have, that's where I didn't realize the disease and the pain that comes from the mouth. So you're being salt and light in that way. And you sit at the apex of some of the highest needs with That's Stevenson, right. uh, Odell, and, and the apartment housing around here. What a place to be salt and light in that light on the hill right here. Yes. Okay. okay. Lord in Jesus' holy and precious name, we come before your throne in thanksgiving and praise. We come before your throne humbled. We come before your throne overwhelmed even a little bit. God, we feel like, um, how do you climb a mountain? And of course, you come back with just one step at a time. Mm -hmm. You just take the next thing that's in front of you. You're the one who turns a thing into what it's supposed to be. We have visions, and our visions can thwart us. You're the one who makes it clear. You're the one who individually speaks to a heart, our hearts, leads us what to do takes us on that journey. God, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary what you were opening us up for us to do. Here in the church, here in our community, through the church, through Jubilee Reach, through all of it. God, it's extraordinary what you're doing. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, we come right now before your throne and we say, God, as did Isaiah when he saw the glory of the Lord in the temple. Here are we, Lord, send us. Just say that to, to yourself, would you? Here are we, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Show me where it is. Show me how to do it. Show me what next step to take. Get me into that place that is the place that you had designed for me since before there even was a world. Thank you, God.